How you doing, Dusty? Doing all right, man. You know, things are uh, looking up. Went and looked at the wedding venue uh, yesterday. Oh, really? Then, yeah. Um, the... How much? How much uh, does Oscar the Grouch uh, <laughs> charge to rent his spot? You know what? It's uh, pretty expensive because it, it remains ungentrified. <laughs> so if you want the true, authentic feeling of Trash Town, use <laughs> the spot. He's Bitch, gone. I live in a trash can. <laughs> no, it's a botanical garden, dude. God damn. Some botany. Yeah. yeah. Hella, hella succulents, dude. Do you need a do you need a wedding singer? <laughs> <laughs> only, only if he's losing his mind. I'm pretty so that uh, I, can, I can reap all the benefits. I'm pretty expensive. Um, yeah. That's even, a... <laughs> especially for you. I was listening to The Cure a lot when I wrote this song. <laughs> uh, I'll Funny tell you thing, what, man. I've never seen The Wedding Singer. Really? I'll tell you what, man. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's the, it is the perfect amount of romantic comedy cheese. Like, because um, I hate, even as a movie man, I hate that shit where it's like in the second act, they have to have some sort of, misunderstanding that is easily worked out as long as somebody just talks to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. 95% of uh, romantic comedy conflict could be solved with a simple adult conversation. It's like, yeah, it's like you saw it and it looked like they were kissing, but they clearly weren't kissing. And there's a very clear explanation for what was going on. He, yeah. The guy had a bee in his mouth or something stupid <laughs> that happens in fucking rom-coms. But the guys yeah. are like, what the fuck? And then the girl's like, <laughs> and then it never gets resolved because they're stupid, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the Wedding Singer one is like pretty egregious, you know? And so I just, I, I don't like the manufactured need to have them break apart just to have them get back together. But Adam Sandler really... Uh, kills it like I'm sure I could just think off the top of my head it's probably a few jokes that don't age particularly well uh that's yeah, fine and, yeah but uh the rapping granny is also uh fine he gets paid in meatballs you know, you know me I don't, I don't like rapping granny yeah this she's, is she's old it's funny yeah this is the one time well you good. get you get one pass rapping granny because I don't think it had existed before that in movie form. Yeah. So it was like, you get one shot at it, but like boy George is in his wedding singer band, but they can't say it's boy George, but it's very clearly him. Yeah. Like the, it's a caricature of boy George. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but he gets like paid in meatballs at a particular point in time. Uh, cause he's too nice, you know? And then he's like, can I pay you meatballs? You're like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and he's uh, she Drew Barrymore's like, I thought you weren't in it for the money because he like changes at one point and he goes, Well, you know me, I we're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Oh, god damn it. And, uh, but yeah, it's, would I like the wedding singer? <laughs> I think so. Uh, on the list of rom coms, it's oh. pretty good. Uh, okay. while you were sleeping, also good. Okay, I don't, I don't think that one has the third act conflict. The that I can think of at least i don't i don't know why you were sleeping um so sandy bullock yeah you do sandy bullock 
guy goes into a coma. She falls are you learning? Are you going to learn eventually that, yeah, you do, doesn't work on me? No, I literally thought we'd talked about it before. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, you do, yeah, without. I, I've got a buddy who, like, I would say, no, I haven't seen that. And he's like, no, yeah, you've 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 seen this. Yeah, you've totally seen it. And then he'd be, like, he'd be like, start, like, naming things off about the movie. And I'm like, bro, do you remember <laughs> when I said I haven't seen this movie? Yeah. No, but the, I, with I this one, we had... with this one, I actually do think I've seen that. Yeah, I <laughs> think we had previously. <laughs> thought, I think we had previously talked about. It. Yeah. That would be the only reason why. I'd, yeah, yeah. I kind of. I think I kind of watched it at one point. Yeah. It was on TV because that's a super on TV movie. Like especially that's how when I we were younger. It. Yeah, so, yeah. So box twenty six, two p.m. Yeah, that's the that's pro- what... That's the prime spot for it. That's when old Andrew would turn off the TV and go outside and throw a ball yeah. against a wall or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's funny how it feels like we had equally um, sad childhoods in a different way. Like you, you were like, I'm going to go outside and play baseball by myself and I'd just go like jump on a trampoline and pretend I was a wrestler. Yeah. But it's like they're equal they're equally sad. They're just in different trajectories. You yeah, know? it's about the same thing. It's about the yeah. same thing. I'd walk through the olive groves that we lived in, just random dragging a baseball bat, looking around for things to hit. Uh <laughs> yeah. So. Hope hoping against hope that you find eight other kids in a sandlot that you can join. <laughs> yeah, but they weren't coming. I mean no. those kids would have beat my ass and left where I <laughs> yeah. lived. Yeah, you the you were the, they were all the they were the cool kids coming in on their bikes. Yeah. Know? So yeah. I uh since the last time we were recorded, I went to Vegas. That's had right. Nice, had a nice Vegas vacation, you know. Um Mr. Papa Giorgio. Mr. Papa Giorgio, yeah. It was a it was a wild time. Um first night was cool. I went to go see Brian Newman play uh and uh at the Nomad. It was great. Second night I uh I had been drinking a bit. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. Did I tell you this? I don't think I told you about this. I don't I, think uh, so. So I go outside, and uh, I got a cigarette from, from a guy that I work with. And I never yeah. smoke. I smoke cigarette. Like, I'll I'll take a drag of somebody's cigarette every once in a while, you know? Yeah. For so, I was drunk, so I was, like, I was like feeling a cigarette. So I got somebody's cigarette, and I go out. For, I realized, as soon as the guy left, I'm like, fuck, I didn't ask for a lighter. I don't have anything to light this good thing with. So I went out front to find a lighter because the out front's where everybody was smoking and it's, it's the the Hilton and Resorts world it's a giant hotel in Vegas and I'm like standing there and I see a guy with uh, also has long hair and he's got a cigarette behind his ear because a lot of long 40% of guys with long hair have a cigarette behind their ear yeah that's why you grow the hair yeah because yeah. uh, if it falls it gets stuck in the hair um, so I'm like how am I going to break the ice with this guy? Like, I just want to, I just want to use a lighter. He definitely has a lighter. So I'm like, Hey dude, do you put oil in your hair? And he's like, yeah, dude, let me tell you everything about it. So we talked yeah. for like a while and he's like, come upstairs with me. And I, I was drunk uh, and he seemed nice. Yeah. So I went upstairs. Uh, the door opens. Uh, he's got two friends in there and they're doing cocaine. <laughs> you, you owe it, like, as a person who doesn't imbibe, you really just, no pun intended, you you have a nose for it. You find yeah. it <laughs> wherever I mean, I, it's at. I just stumble upon that stuff all the time. So, uh, yeah. 
I and this is this is how you know I had been drinking because uh, I did the wrong thing and it, it ended up being fine, but I did the wrong thing. As soon as the door opened, I went, "Do I look like a cop?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never met uh, either of these two guys, and uh, uh-huh. I'm like, "I'm just kidding, guys. You guys do what you do." And I just sat down, and uh, he handed me like a truly. <laughs> That's what a combo. I know. Hard so seltzer I, and cocaine. I just drank a drank a truly, and uh, I ended up hanging with these guys till like two in the morning. Uh, we went to Circus Circus, which is like the shitball hotel. Yeah, I fucking love Circus Circus, dude. <laughs> Fuck, bro. I, I was like a, 10. I know. Everybody says it's like yeah. the kid place to go, but I didn't see the kid part. I just saw the part that looked destitute. Like, it was well, a sad place, the Circus at Circus. Two, at 2 a.m., yeah. Circus Circus looks like a nightmare. It was an know? island of misfit toys. Um, yeah. that, but anyway, that the guy is... ended up having, like, his best friend growing up was... was uh, Big Van Vader's nephew or some shit like that. Nice. And you always seem to find uh, either wrestling people yeah. or adjacent wrestling people. Cocaine and wrestling people. That's your... That's what and you they're find. Usually, they're usually in bed together from what I understand. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Can't remember the guy's name. Nick, I think it might have been. I told him about the podcast. He's definitely not listening to it. But if you listen to it, Nick, you were cool. Thanks, man. Cool, cool Good night. Uh, that is the so I've I've been to Vegas twice in my life. Yeah, uh, once when I was a kid. Where yeah, we this went was to my Cir- first time in Vegas. We went to Circus Circus, and I had a mug from there for years um, that I won, and then once as an adult, and it's such a wild, like time moves differently. It's such a weird. It's a weird fucking spot. place, man. It really and, is. And everybody is just a person you could talk to. Yeah. Cause you're like, there's no, nobody knows anybody here. So you just like, I remember I was in one of the people movers and there's a guy with a guitar case at like four in the morning. And I just saw him and I was like, Hey man, what are you up to? And uh, chatted with that guy for like 10 minutes and then was like, all right, well, I'll never see you again. Bye. <laughs> and left. Um, I think a, uh, lady of the night mm-hmm. uh, attempted to uh, talk to me proposition certain, yeah um and everybody just wants you to go somewhere with them yeah that's what always happens and so it was wild like it's it's fun for the for the experience it would be exhausting i know people who go a lot and i'm like that exhausts me the idea of doing yeah i need a break like i was there for three days i was like this i'm gonna leave with no money and And nobody nobody lives there people who live in nevada they nobody lives in las vegas everybody lives away from (laughs) well there are people who can live in vegas but they're not the they're not the the people who would die you know what i mean because all those people die i told I, i was i was in a lift uh, I got super boned by a Lyft driver uh, for like, like twenty five minutes. She was like, uh, "I have my first food delivery. It's freaking me out." And she's like, "She, I, I was standing out. I had to go to the airport, and I'm just uh, because I'm the nicest guy in the world. I'm like, no, you're fine. I'll just wait for you. No problem." Yeah. And I'm sprinting at the airport when I get there. But <laughs> uh, can't remember why I brought her up. Why did I bring her up? What were you talking about? Uh, people that can live there but don't die. Oh yeah, yeah. I told her I was like, I think if I lived here, I'd I'd die. Like I would probably die if I lived in Vegas. Like yeah, and not because like I I didn't partake with in in the uh, the drugs that I stumbled upon because I'm right. terrified of them. You know what I mean? But just like yeah. staying up late all the time and 
drinking all this much and spending all my money. I spent so much money on alcohol. It was insane. Because every yeah. drink's $20. I got a, I got a, almost, it was barely bigger than a red solo cup full of Michelob Ultra. It was 15 goddamn dollars. Yeah. But there, it is the ultimate, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You're there. You, you know, like, this is the, this is what it costs. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and they got you. Yeah, it's you like know, it's like, like well, why everything is expensive on the plane. Plane, it's like, what are you gonna do? You gonna go right. to the other store? <laughs> right, and it's yeah. The I we stayed or I stayed at the Luxor, which is the big pyramid looking one, and you yeah, can get yeah, yeah. To, to like all the different casinos from under there. But like, I remember getting lost so many times and just being like, this this place would be madness if I like <laughs> if I got if I got really drunk. I'd, I'd never find my way out of here. I have no idea what time it is. That's what I kept having my... to tell myself when I was there. I was like, look, you are by yourself. Yeah. You cannot get incapacitated tonight. <laughs> yeah. And, and thankfully it, I didn't. Yeah, I don't... I know people who go a lot, and it seems crazy to me to want to do that, but it is, it is fun when you're there because it is sort of just like you're there is nowhere else to go and everything's kind of the same but you if you're a single person or whatever like i just lose track of time like my phone died a bunch of times when i was there and i was just like well i don't know i'm just here i yeah. know where my room is that's it you know yeah it's it's a gnarly place um if you if you haven't been there and you have the opportunity to go there go check it out just know just like say goodbye to a good amount of money and yeah. uh, go with a plan to uh Imagine as a donation to the casino. Yeah. Like the the problem is if you think you're going to win, then you get in trouble. If yeah. you imagine, you would just have to know like this money's gone. It's the same as if I paid to see a movie, except I'm buying three hours worth of sitting at this slot machine or whatever. You yeah. Know? And I'm not going to say who, who I was with or why I was there, but the person I was with just kept handing me $100 bills to gamble with. So that's the, that's the, and I still felt like shit because I lost them. You right. know what I mean? So like, I'm going to blow uh, up your spot. It was the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> me and Ted DiBiase were hanging out and it was, yeah. it's actually him doing the cocaine. So, yeah. uh, no, it's, well, I it, told, was, it was a great time. I, in the area where we live, the one time that I've encountered, or one of two times, I was in a bathroom at a bar and I was at the sink like washing my hands and this guy bursts into the bathroom and he just goes hey man and i'm like hey and he's like you want some of this cocaine and he just started doing coke off of the dryer the hand dryer yeah and i was like no i'm all right you keep doing (laughs) you man yeah no thank you stranger i do not want your do not want your drugs Uh, yeah i don't i do not want them here or there i do not want them anywhere i do not want them anywhere (laughs) I don't need them. I'm high on life. You know what I mean? I'm high on life, dog. And then you danced out the building. Yeah. <laughs> and then I and then I kicked open the door while singing All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine how irresponsible it would have been. Like, it's so stupid. Like, first of all, I don't want I don't want to do anything. Do it because I I don't want to put poison in my body. But also, like, sure. all the fentanyl on the streets nowadays. If you are going and buying it from random people and just doing it, well, not even random people at all. Even yeah. quote unquote reputable guys apparently are killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's no, there's no reputable business model for an By illicit. The way, let me correct uh, both of us. It's reputable. Or sorry, there is no reputable place for something that is 
inherently illegal. You That's can't problem, be like, this it? is my trusted, <laughs> this is my trusted cocaine guy. You can't go buy it from a store. If I, if I bought lettuce that had uh, E. coli on it, there's a recall. Somebody is responsible. Yeah. <laughs> for the, I can't go to, it's the same thing. Uh, the, uh, I mean, the stakes are much lower, but whenever I used to buy bootleg movies from the, from the flea market, if I got the wrong movie, I can't return to the vendor. And you do like, call the cops? <laughs> right. Hey, man. You gave, you gave me, uh, instead of giving me Shaun of the Dead, you gave me this other movie that I didn't want. And so. Yeah. I was trying to download the new Simple Plan album on Livewire. And, yeah. Or what yeah. was it? What was it, Livewire? Li- LimeWire. LimeWire. Yeah. Turns out, Trojan Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it was Eagles Hotel California. <laughs> Officer. Yeah. Get him. Uh, no. Now go, f- now go find your mom four sixty nine four twenty. Bin Laden boner sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go stupid. Uh, go f- go find that man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had an adventure. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you're back. Yeah. Uh, the only unsafe decision I made was going to that guy's hotel room. Like they could, there could have been a guy with a sledgehammer waiting for me. Uh, yeah. It was just. It ended up being just two like pretty nice guys doing cocaine. <laughs> that is the every time the story ends that way, it's always nice, you know. Yeah, it was a it was a risk I probably shouldn't have taken, but it worked out yeah, pretty well. It, uh, you know, it's again, it's because you're like in a you're like in a bizarro world. Yeah, it's an almost odd, every it really almost is an every odd idea place. almost every idea sounds like a fun idea because you don't know what time it is. You haven't seen the sun in. <laughs> Yeah. 18 hours you know yeah so don't don't follow drinking. don't follow any guys in trench coats don't follow any guys with uh barbed wire and or full tribal tattoos if they're broy stay away from them those guys are angry you don't want to hang yeah. out with angry people um and then other other than that just use your best judgment you know yeah and <laughs> make it through go go see Penn and teller that's the best use of your time yeah i fucked up i didn't get to see Penn and teller but i'll be back <laughs> Listen to me, Vegas. <laughs> That's what I'm I said on, on the way out. I will yeah. return. And Vegas went, we don't care. Yeah. We'll take more of your money anytime you want. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you want it. So you want to get going with this? Let's do it. Let's get that theme song. Welcome to Snarmarks, everybody. We're a wrestling retrospective podcast from the Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. This is our 50th numbered episode, Dusty. 5-0. Holy crap. I figured we would, like, continue doing it. I didn't know we'd both survive to 50. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I don't know what I thought was going to happen because there was never a, like, okay, we do... 20 and then we just call it a day yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, but it seems weird to have 50 numbered uh this this is probably the longest creative pursuit that i've done 
consecutively that's not like playing drums. Yeah. And I play, but I played drums in a lot of different things. Those projects did not last as long as this podcast has lasted. Listen, it's a labor of love. You know what I mean? Uh, it is. We have we have gone a good chunk a good chunk over a year, I think, because we have fifty. There's fifty two weeks in a year. We have fifty numbered episodes, and we have a handful of. Uh, I got to look up when the actual year is. Yeah, I feel like we should celebrate that as well, which I think it's past. Um, but anyway, follow us on the socials, real quick. Uh, at SnarkMarksPod on Instagram and Twitter. Dusty's at SnarkMarksD on Twitter. I'm at Andrew Idell on Instagram and uh, and on Twitter. I'm trying to pump those up because I'm a radio personality, you know. You know, and then uh, uh, listen to our back catalog. Listen to our first episode. At least, especially now, you can see how much uh, not better we've gotten at this. And uh, listen to our that we have a little bit of our history of wrestling. We have a little bit of the of the history of wrestling. We have a little bit of our history of our friendship. It's good. Uh, this is our third booking show, so if you haven't listened to the first two, uh, you might as well go check those out as well. Um, the, the 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 draft spectacular is the first one. The second one is the electric bookaloo, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to call this one yet. I forgot I called it that. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's still funny. Still it's works. still funny. I know it yeah. is. Uh, so, yeah, 50 episodes, uh, 50 awesome, a lot of fun time episodes. I, I have done... I think nearly as many of these as I did my previous podcast. Now uh, I think we're 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 like ten shy or something like that. Um, so we're we're so we're we're nearly ready to break up. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. you're gonna get real mad at me at some point. So um, this is uh, yeah, man. I'm super stoked. I, I I here's to fifty more. Can't wait for our hundredth episode. Uh, when I when I reveal that I have murdered you, that's gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna be a solo episode. Yeah, yeah. It'll. <laughs> It'll be a, the attempted murder because you can't kill me. It'll Andrew. be, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like a goddamn cockroach. I've been trying yeah. for years. Uh, you think you think that you can take me out? You forgot that I can eat uh, three, <laughs> count them three sausage egg McMuffins in one sitting, and a be the, fine. and a bucket of Coca Cola. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It could be because ten o'clock in the morning. Th- so. That is true because the only way that I ever try to kill people is with poison. <laughs> I can't. What am I going to try to physically kill you? I, yeah. I, guns are too loud. I have autism, <laughs> so it hurts my ears. That's the reason. I like the Dread Pirate Roberts, dude. I've been secretly poisoning myself yeah. for years to build up a tolerance to iocane poisoning. There you go. Uh, and that's yeah. the only poisoning I use. It's, it's, it's the only thing that's ever worked for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I've got <laughs> got quite a pay per view ready. We talked about. Our idea for this pay-per-view, we didn't do stipulations this year. I mean, this this uh, this time, but we did. We want this to be the, our big, like, uh, our WrestleMania, basically, our big event for uh, for our organizations. Um, <laughs> I like what I did with mine. Um, there's a lot of backstory for mine because <laughs> yeah. you've met me. You know what I mean. Um, and you know some some familiar faces show 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 up you know um so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um i think you went first last time and yes uh, i went first last time so i could start this one okay. if that's uh, if that works for you sounds good so we uh firstly some backstory from mine um i'm imagining that now i have syndicated television Right. Oh, I've got okay. a national cable platform where every single week you can tune in on Saturdays to see GCWF Saturday Night Slam. 
Hell yeah, dude. So yeah, in the previous episode, we agreed that we would, for this booking show, we would name our weekly television. And Saturday Night Slam, I like. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> so uh, in my mind, it has been three months since the last booking show that we did. Okay. And so in, in that time, uh, Jeff Jarrett, as you'll recall, is a primary member of my uh, of my <laughs> my roster now. Yeah. And as he's I saw a, too, I made sure that happened. That's true. He's formed a faction called Jarrett's Army, and they've injured Sid. They pilmonized Sid's knee with the help of one of their debuting members, one Scott Hall. Oh, okay. On the hey, first <laughs> on the first episode. He's uh he comes out and they destroy Sid, so that's how they make a name for themselves. Oh uh, man, what a faction! <laughs> Mankind has been feuding with Dean Malenko because, as you'll recall, Dean Malenko is also part of Jarrett's army and retired one Terry Funk at my last pay per view event uh, through nefarious means. Of course, Mankind loves Terry Funk, so he's just he will not. It's on site. For Dean Malenko. He's just not letting it happen. Yeah. You know. Uh, but Malenko injures mankind uh, and puts him out with the Texas Cloverleaf and won't let it go after the match. Mankind passes out from the pain. Malenko wins the match. Malenko holds on to it until Terry Funk comes out of the crowd and attacks Dean Malenko. You son of a bitch, Malenko! <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not doing a good uh, mankind today. So, uh, also the Miracle Violence Connection, Dr. Death and uh, Terry Gordy, defeated the Steiner Brothers for the uh, GCWF tag team titles, injuring Rick Steiner by busting him open and putting him through a table with a doctor bomb while they had Scott handcuffed to the top rope. Oh. So... Jeff Jarrett's team, they're just hooligans. They're injuring everybody. They're winning the titles. They're taking people out. So I'm surprised, I'm surprised Butch isn't on their team. <laughs> As of now, two different heel factions have emerged in my uh, in my wrestling company. Okay. So there's Jarrett's Army, which is Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, Dean Malenko, Terry Gordy, and uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams. There's also the Snake Pit, which is Jake the Snake, Raven, Big Van Vader, and Vampiro. Ooh. That's that's uh, the other faction. We have some Saturday Night Slam ratings. My show from the for the last month leading into this pay-per-view. Did a 2.62 where Steve Austin beat, uh, beat Jeff Jarrett by disqualification because Sid returned and interferes in that match. So, uh, next week we jumped up big time. Man, the Steiner brothers main event draw. They beat them. They the the Miracle Violence Connection beat them in a rematch. So Rick's first match back, did a five point four seven rating. Uh, next week there must have been, I don't know, something good on TV uh, because we dropped back down to a two point zero six, and that's Malenko trying to win the North American title from Randy Savage, but Savage beats Malenko after Terry Funk interferes because Terry Funk <laughs> will not be, will not be stopped. <laughs> and uh, then we jump back up to a 3.88 as Sid assembles his team, Sid psychos 
That is what he would call his team, too. Uh, To take on, uh, spoiler alert for the main event of my show, War Games. Uh, Oh, shit. Which is, you're uninitiated, a double ring uh, cage match with two teams. That is one thing. We got to watch a War Games. I've never seen a War Games. Yeah, this, uh, this is Sid, the Steiner Brothers, Mankind, and a returning, unretired Terry Funk taking on Jeff Jarrett's team of Jarrett, Scott Hall, Dean Malenko, and the Miracle Violence Connection. Fucking A, bro. <laughs> so, uh, in the main event of that show, Jeff Jarrett beat Scott Steiner to get the advantage in the war games. And Mankind returned at the end of that show and the team's brawl to go off the air. So that's leading, all of that television is leading to this event. Okay. So we are live, my friend. We get a helicopter shot. We can see the Golden Gate Bridge because Jim Ross lets us know we are 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco, California, at Alcatraz. God damn. For the GCWF. It's there so will be funny. blood pay-per-view. There will be blood. When we uh before we turned the mics on, Dusty was like, it'd be funny if we used the same place. As if like there was a chance that I also picked Alcatraz. I don't know. It would have been know. funny though. You are right it about would've. that. Yeah. Uh Jim Cornette lets us know tonight we will reach heights of violence never imagined on a pro wrestling show. Where better than Alcatraz to settle the scores? Welcome to The Rock. And then... <laughs> so our yeah, attendance dude. here, uh, unfortunately, when I looked up Alcatraz, uh, there are only 312 capacity uh, for Alcatraz. So Only 312 people? Yeah. Um, so 312 fans, which were picked by a lottery, they're VIPs because this is our big show. But the on the day uh, the weekend leading up to the show on Sunday, it was the GCWF's There Will Be Fun Fan Fest event. <laughs> Bring the kids to Alcatraz for meet and greets, bounce houses, whatever you got. So you were you know? shuffling people in and out of uh, like thousands of people showed up, so only three hundred twelve could be on Alcatraz at the same time. So you had to meet shuffle and, people in and out. Yep, meet and Sid and the Steiner brothers. Meet and greet know? and get the fuck out of that out yep. of Dodge. All right, yep. I like Go. it. And then. 312 VIPs picked by lottery. That's the audience. But uh, I will reveal our pay-per-view number at the end. We're doing pretty good. Oh, okay. It's in, okay. It's in good hands. Um, all right. So we're opening the show. Uh, my opening match is Takamishinoku taking on new edition Lance Storm for the GCWF World Light Heavyweight title. Okay. Okay. Um. Landstorm debuted on the first night of Saturday Night Slam and beat Rey Mysterio to become the number one contender. For some th- reason, I thought he was already in your organization. I don't think so. I think he's new. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he wins the light heavyweight title, defeating Takamishinoku after he reverses a top rope drop kick into the single leg crab for the win in 16 minutes and 26 seconds, and this got three and three-quarter stars. Okay. What an opening. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Sabu and Rob Van Dam taking on Furnace and Lafon. Uh, and this match goes 13 minutes and 46 seconds. Furnace and Lafon win 
after we have some Sabu Rob Van Dam uh like miscommunication. So Sabu hits a triple jump body block, but he accidentally hits Rob Van Dam with it and then gets posted into the corner and LaFon hits a top rope reverse suplex to Rob Van Dam to get the win. So after the match wow. after the match they got to break up the fight between Van Dam and Sabu because uh they're not pleased with each other. Yes. Oh shit. So uh, and that gets three and one quarter star. So, see, you're uh, you're giving Furnace and Lafon the run that they deserved. I you know I have to yeah. you know they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So uh, they Lafern it. So mm, <laughs> yeah. Right. If you yeah, want me to cut that out, you can text me. And... No, no. I'm having Lafon. You know what I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, next up, we've got for the number one contender for the world title. Mike Awesome versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, oh, fuck. Straight up. So uh, this match goes 15 minutes and 26 seconds. And Shawn does his classic uh, big guy, little guy stuff. Where he's does Shawn have trying... a mullet? He does. This okay. is 1997 hairdo Shawn Michaels. Okay. So, Thank you. Uh, he tries to avoid Mike Awesome and then hits a moonsault on the floor. To awesome, and then in the ring he goes for a moonsault, and Mike Awesome pushes him off of the top rope into the guardrail that they've set up. Because this is taking place outside, so it's in the courtyard of Alcatraz. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. And so uh, we can get sweet helicopter shots, overhead camera, you know, of the event. Mm-hmm. So Michaels uh, hits the guardrail, and it busts him wide the fuck open. He's he's bleeding everywhere. Okay. That is, there There will be blood. There has been blood. And there will continue to be blood. There will be more blood, yes. So, uh, Awesome hits an awesome bomb on him for a near fall. Then he hits another awesome bomb and a splash. And that gets another near fall, and he gets frustrated. So he goes to set up a table on the floor to try to power bomb Sean over the top rope onto the table, as he is wont to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he is wont to then, do that. <laughs> Uh, Michaels makes a comeback and then he, uh, whenever Austin goes to try to power bomb over the top, Michaels gets off of the shoulders, hits a sweet chin music for a, like, Ooh, so close. So close is that near fall. And, uh, then he hits the ropes and gets back body dropped over the top rope through the table by awesome. And that does not lead to a disqualification because it was inadvertent. He did not purposefully try to put him through the table that time. Just so happened that the table was set up right there. There just happened to be a table. He had set the table up, but it wasn't an. He wasn't purposefully trying to throw him through it. It was more of a, uh, a defensive maneuver. Your Honor. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, Your Honor. <laughs> after that, uh, Mike Awesome picks his body up off the floor, climbs to the top rope, and hits a top rope super awesome bomb. Uh, to Michaels and then forces the referee to count him out at a 10 count. Michaels can't answer the 10 count for the TKO win for Mike awesome. Oh, so he didn't, he didn't want to cover him. He wanted to go even more embarrassing with it. Yeah. He wanted to prove a point because now he's the number one contender for the title. This motherfucker can't even get up. Yeah. So Mike awesome wins in 15 minutes and 26 seconds. And this gets four stars. That seemed, that sounded like a pretty good match. Yeah. 
uh, I will reveal my methods uh, momentarily for because I figured out a new way to figure this shit out. Okay. So it's not just me making it up. Um, yeah. Then we've got Jake the Snake Roberts, leader of the Snake Pit, taking on The Rock in a steel cage match. Holy shit! What a fucking <laughs> what a man! The yeah. the electricity is palpable. That's you just, true. You, uh, you know how many <laughs> there's so much electricity. You know how many dead fish just floated to the surface surrounding Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, the uh, they found the bodies of those two dudes that tried to escape that yeah. time. <laughs> an orf an 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 unforeseen fish holocaust has occurred. <laughs> <laughs> um. And the only way to win the steel cage match is to escape. And so the announcers are like, this is the only escape one ever makes from Alcatraz, you know? Yeah. Okay. They put the okay, cage okay. up. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I see this. I see that. Yeah. So, uh, Jake has been playing mind games with the rock, uh, while he's been fighting the snake pit guys. So he beat Raven in a Raven's rules match and then staying in the rock teamed up to face Jake, the snake and Vampiro, but the match ended in DQ after the snake pit attacked him and laid out the rock. And then Jake DDT'd the rock and put the put the snake on him, dude. Disrespect. You put the snake on the great one? Oh, man. Big time disrespect. Oh, man. So, uh, of course, Jake is trying to use a lot of the tricks uh, in this match to beat the rock. He throws powder in his eyes right as the rock is getting in the ring. And then uh, controls off of that. And then The Rock comes back and hits a wraparound DDT. So disrespect to Jake using his own move against him. Yeah. Uh, and then Jake or The Rock tries to escape, but Jake pulls him down, uh, crotching him on the top rope. And then he ties up The Rock in the ropes and tries to escape. And The Rock, in an ode to you, my friend, the steel cage uh, spot that you hate the most, Jake the Snake gets over the other side and The Rock gets out. And climbs to the top and grabs Jake by the hair and pulls him all the way back. <laughs> into the... Listen, I assume one of these guys wouldn't have signed off on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he pulls him back into the ring by the hair and then hits a super rock bottom off the top rope to Jake and climbs over the top rope to win in 14 minutes and 11 seconds. And this got three and a half stars. I I I would love to, I would love to see this match. It's one of those matches I don't know who to root for. I love yeah. both of these guys. They're both uh, have special places in my heart. But uh, so it's a best man win situation. You know what right. I mean? It's a you're in it for the sport. You know. Uh huh. I'm happy but for the great one. That's the rooting interest. Um, next we have Sting versus Raven. Kaka! Kaka! <laughs> Fucking, I, I didn't realize another. I didn't realize yeah. two kakas was going to happen, so I had to bird, do both bird, bird v. Bird, dude. Well, it is Alcatraz. You know what That's I mean? True. A lot of hella, hella birds. There's a, wasn't there like a bird guy of Alcatraz or some shit like that? What was his oh, name? Uh, the bird well, man think, of Alcatraz, uh, I think it was. Yeah. So you're having uh, a bird v. Bird match on a bird Look man at that. Bird, you know what I mean? Uh, this is a Raven Rules match, which means it's no disqualification. Um, Raven comes to the ring, and he's got a cart full of weapons, and he's looking around for Sting. And he's like, where's he at? He's a coward. He's not coming out here. And then, in the distance, Andrew, we see a helicopter coming to Alcatraz. Oh, shit. The helicopter hovers over the ring. And from it, goddamn Sting (laughs) repels from the helicopter (laughs) into the ring. Uh, 
Which happened, actually. Not at Alcatraz, but Sting did repel from a helicopter one time. Looked cool as shit. That's dope. Uh, and had a Monday Nitro where they were doing it at, like, spring break or something. It was an outdoor Nitro show, and he just, like, repelled from this helicopter. Looked hella cool. Then we got windy, uh, and he started swinging like a fucking pendulum. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I should have got a tan. Um <laughs> So, uh, so they they fight all over the the prison they even go inside the prison and they're fighting in the cells and they're fighting all around the the commissary area you know and uh sting does a balcony dive onto uh raven and a bunch of security guards who are trying to get him back to the ring area and so Eventually, they get back to the ring, and as Sting uh, puts, he puts Raven through a table with a splash on the floor. And as he's getting up from the debris, from under the ring, Tajiri appears. Oh, shit. (laughs) It sprays mist right in Sting's face. And uh, he turns around into a DDT on a chair for Raven to pick up the win. Uh, in 24 minutes and 56 seconds, a little long for my taste. That is a little bit long for that match, yeah, for sure. And it gets three and a quarter stars. So, okay. You ever watch two birds fight for 25 minutes? <laughs> it's a lot. Could be a little bit. <laughs> um, next up, we have Macho Man Randy Savage, who is currently the GCWF North American champion. Uh, and he's taking on Vampiro. And so Macho Man, of course, is like... What's a uh, some kind of uh some oh brother it's some oh. kind of a Nosferatu vampire man it's uh listen listen to me brother there ain't no gonna be any blood sucking of the macho man my blood is ninety percent slim jim brother let me tell you Ooh, you ever overdose on testosterone vampiro <laughs> yeah. And to win this match, or to get in this match, Vampiro has defeated Shawn Michaels in a number one contender match okay. prior to this. So uh, they stalemate at the start, and then Vampiro eventually attacks Macho Man's knee that's still injured because uh, he injured it initially in the latter match he had against Shawn Michaels, as I'm sure longtime GCWF fans will recall. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he, and he also injured it when in at, at, at what was it? At Star uh, Halloween Havoc 1997. It was Halloween Havoc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, off the top of the cage, brother. Oh, that's going to be a lot of PT, brother. <laughs> I think I might have to go to Mexico for some stem cells, brother. <laughs> that's my 14th meniscus, brother. <laughs> <laughs> They've told me that they take him out of cows now for me, brother. Um... So Vampiro attacks the knee with submissions uh, and generally just tries to keep Savage down. He goes to the top for his spinning heel kick, but he misses it because right as Savage is getting to the getting up, he collapses because his knee is injured. But inadvertently, it actually hurts Vampiro Uh, and Vampiro goes after that to pick uh, Savage up for the nail in the coffin finisher and Savage reverses it into a small package and escapes with the skin by the skin of his teeth. Macho man retains his title 14 minutes, 14 seconds. This also four stars. Oh, hell yeah. It's probably, the, nah, I was going to say probably the best match of fucking Vampiro's life, but it probably wasn't. I think Vampiro was actually a pretty good wrestler, right? 
He was good for a while, uh, but now not so much. The Vampiro. I was. Uh, is that the end of the Vampiro ske- uh, spot? Yes. I figured at, at there will be blood. Vampiro would be dropping a bag of blood on somebody. You know what I mean? He really should have. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I should have. I should have consulted out for some of the bookings. <laughs> I thought that was coming out of the helicopter when you mentioned the helicopter. Oh. I thought it was going to be a big ass <laughs> bag of blood. <laughs> a big old bag of blood. Nope. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry can't. Jerry doesn't want to work on Alcatraz. He's scared of water. You know. <laughs> yeah, his they, grandpa was in Alcatraz. Yeah, they have to ferry him out there, and he's not into it. <laughs> uh, in our co-main event for the GCWF heavyweight title, Stone Cold Steve Austin, our champion, takes on Big Van Vader. Uh, oh, shit. Where <clears throat> Vader defeated The Rock uh, in the number one contender match mm-hmm. for this. Uh, and then Vader comes out. He's got a boss ass entrance. Uh, he comes out and he's got the the whole headgear. And now it's dark, and so there's spotlights that have lit up the the ringside area. But then he sets the the face mask down and it shoots fire out of it. In the... Hell yeah, dude! Winnie, 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 And uh, you can just make out the outline of the Golden Gate Bridge behind it because the now it's lit up with fire, and so. Uh, Austin comes out, of course, he's doing rights and lefts, he's fucking rocking Vader, uh, and then Vader hits him with a body attack and takes over on the match. Um, Austin comes back, and uh, whenever Vader misses a Vader bomb, uh, Austin sneaks in, hits him with a Stone Cold Stunner, that gets a near fall. And then he's waiting for Vader to get back up, and he's like, get up, you sack of shit, I'm gonna fucking stunner you again. And he hits him with another stunner, and as Vader stumbles back, he accidentally rips the top turnbuckle pad off of the turnbuckle. Oh, shit. I bet, and so that, Vader, I bet that, has, that has something to do with what's gonna happen after this. <laughs> that's a Chekhov's gun, my man. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so then he waits for Vader. Vader stumbles out of the corner and Austin gets him in position for another stunner, but Vader pushes off of that stunner and Austin stumbles and goes face first into the exposed turnbuckle. Oh, no. You sack of shit. That wasn't even on goddamn purpose. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Knocks himself out. Vader hits him with a power bomb and then hits a Vader bomb to win the GCWF title from Austin in 21 minutes, 56 seconds. That's a four-star match. We Holy have a new shit. heavyweight champion. Okay, uh, okay. After the match, Vader doesn't stop. He hits two more power bombs on Austin before The Rock comes out to run him off. And Austin tries to get back up, and he just can't do it. And they have to have him help to the back. But he won't get on the stretcher because he's Mm-mm. the goddamn rattlesnake. Yeah, so, what are you doing? Uh then Vader meets backstage with the rest of uh, the snake pit and Jake is ecstatic. You know, Jake lost his match, but uh, he lost the battle, but the war was won tonight Yeah, because Vader's the champion. So now they hold all the power in the promotion. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. But out of the corner of his eye, he's noticing that uh, Mike awesome is on the, is on the horizon. Mike awesome won his number one contenders match. Mm hmm. So now we're looking at Vader versus Mike Awesome. Oh shit! For the what world a match. title. Yeah. So power battle of power bombs. You know, uh, we go backstage and Sid cuts a promo about how tonight there's no escape, not by land, not by sea. And tonight Jarrett's army goes to trial, 
and uh, his his team is the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, in our main event, we have Sid Psychos, Sid, the Steiner Brothers, Mankind, and Terry Funk taking on Jarrett's Army, Jeff Jarrett, Dean Malenko, Scott Hall, and the Miracle Violence Connection in a War Games match. So, to those uninitiated by the War Games, it is two teams of five. Two guys start the match. They're in the ring for five minutes. Then every two minutes after that, they alternate guys coming in until all five guys, until all ten guys are in the ring. And then it's submit or surrender. The match continues until somebody gives up. Okay. And you can, and it's no disqualification. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Jared's team, having won the advantage, they choose to have the one-man advantage. So we start the match, and it's Scott Steiner and Terry Gordy starting it. And Scott is throwing Gordy all around, throws him into the cage, and cuts him open like one minute into this thing. Gordy's bleeding all over the place. Okay. Scott hits him with a tilt-whirl slam, and that's the end of that five minutes. Uh, Dr. Death comes in, and they take over on Scott, and they uh, double-team him. Dr. Death produces a, a chain from his boot. And they uh, they hit Scott with it, so now Scott's busted open. And uh, at the end of that two minutes, Terry Funk comes in, goddamn wild man, uh, <laughs> throwing all kinds of punches. He hits a moonsault out of the corner onto the two Miracle Violence Connection guys. Then Malenko comes in, and he attacks Funk's knee and throws uh, Terry Funk into the cage and wedges him between the ropes in the cage. Uh, so that they can work over Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end of their two minutes, they hit a spike powder driver on Terry Funk. And oh, uh, so he's out. But, um, Mankind hits the ring, and he's going between the two rings, attacking all the, attacking both sets of heels. He gets the mandible claw on Malenko, knocking him out. But the match continues because not all ten guys are in the ring yet. So uh, Hall is in next. He chop blocks Mankind's knee. Uh, and that allows Malenko to lock in the Texas Cloverleaf. And he's just in the corner for the whole two minutes. He's got Mankind in this Cloverleaf. Okay. Uh, and then Scott is Scott Steiner's trying to help, but he gets stopped by the Miracle Violence Connection, who help Scott Hall hit him with an outsider's edge. So Funk is Spike Pallet Driver. He's out. Uh, Malenko has Mankind in the Texas Cloverleaf, and they just hit the outsider's edge on Scott Steiner. So oh, the, okay. the baby faces are fucked. Not looking good, yeah. No. Uh, but then, perhaps not the hero we deserve, but the one we need, Rick Steiner enters the war games. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he hits a million Steiner lines. He just, <laughs> everybody's getting Steiner lined. Hide uh, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're Steiner lining everybody out here. Funk <laughs> is still down from the pallet driver. But Rick hits a top rope bulldog on Gordy. Scott hits the Frankensteiner on Dr. Death. And then Jeff Jarrett is the final member of the heel team. He comes in and then he reaches under the ring. And of course, guitar's under the ring. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, Rick eats a guitar. Scott, guitar's for dinner. Mankind, you, you're damn right. Guitar, right to the head. Man, yeah. this guitar, because those guitars usually shatter. He oh, he's got a bunch of them. He's got a million <laughs> guitars under there. So, uh, and then they guitar shot Funk, and then they have Funk in the figure four. 
because they figure as soon as Sid comes in, they can start the, they call it the match beyond in war games once all 10 guys are in. And they're like, once that starts, Funk will submit and we'll just win. But they don't know. So Terry Funk's biting his shirt so that he doesn't submit. As Sid, <laughs> Sid comes into the ring and he attacks all the heels and he's throwing everybody around. Mankind hobbles, rolls under the ring, produces thumbtacks from under the ring. They use the thumbtacks. Of course. Uh, Sid power bombs Jeff Jarrett into the thumbtacks. Uh, and they have Gordy down, they have Malenko down, they have Dr. Death down, and it's just Jeff Jarrett and the baby faces. And Funk wobbles up, you know, the Texas crazy man. He goes under the ring. He's got the branding iron. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jarrett, they're, they've got Jarrett against the ropes. And he's screaming, I submit, I submit, while Funk's coming towards him with the branding iron. And he pushes the branding iron out, but it's cold. And he touches Jeff Jarrett with it, but Jeff Jarrett's already submitted. So the babyfaces win. Jeff Jarrett's cowardice is shown. The the babyfaces triumph and prevail. And ultimately, Sid's psychos win our main event, the war games. In 31 minutes and 42 seconds, and this is a four and a half star event. Dude, hell yeah! <laughs> so that was the, fun. That was fun. The, uh, this show, by the way, 998,751 buys. Man, so yeah, look, look at the humility. We we nailed it, dude. Yeah, but you're, 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 the, the humility to not give yourself a million. It did 998. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing. I uh, for anybody who wants to know, the fun for this for me was I downloaded a dice generator like you would for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And I just rolled dice for the match times, for the star ratings, for the pie, oh, really? all that stuff. Okay. okay. So okay. it'd give me four numbers and I'd figure out what, like, what match time I would want to make out of those four numbers. Okay. And so I, you know, and then it'd give me the, I'd roll a four sided die for the star ratings. And then. So you didn't even give your chan- yourself a chance to have a five star match. No, because there's no, well, if I rolled four fours, I'd figure four and then four fours is one hole. So that's five. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but because five star matches are super rare, so is rolling four fours, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder than you think. So, and then for the buy rate, I did the same thing with a six. Uh, I did six ten-sided die, and then I just tried to make the best number I could make out of those uh, six numbers. Okay. So if it had all been ones, oh, I did the same thing for the ratings. So like that's why the one week it dipped to like a two point zero six. Nothing <laughs> yeah. I could do about that. <laughs> like, fuck, that was a rough week. The yeah. IWF had a had a special that week because it's yeah, not what they're... our weekly show is. Ours is on Fridays. We, we, right, yeah. We had a special a sit down with the commission. Yeah, my Michael Jordan returned for one game. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so that's it. That's the big blow off. Jarrett's army has uh, been the the come up and have been received. You know, and, and those three hundred twelve people deserved. they got their they got their money's worth. You know, three hundred twelve people. <laughs> is that really the capacity of Alcatraz, or did you yeah. you just rolled that? 
No, I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia. That's a weird number. I, I guarantee you can fit more than 312 people. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. There's only 312 cells, you know. Oh, it's the cells. Okay. Yeah. But that's what, But that's the thing. If you signed up for the GCWFs, there will be fun event. You got to stay overnight in Alcatraz. Yeah. You got to sleep in one of those cells, you know? Hell yeah, dude. I wonder if... Yeah. They don't do that, do they? No, I don't think you can stay. That'd be sick. I wouldn't <laughs> but, do uh, it, but it'd be cool if they did it. You know what I mean? You can go. I mean, you can do the Alcatraz tour. I met a guy who had been in Alcatraz because uh, we. I went to San Francisco and we were going to do the tour, but the water was too choppy, so they didn't let people go out. Oh, but Crazy was... Eddie! He always tells everybody he's been to Alcatraz. <laughs> no, there's a guy signing books that, like, he wrote a book about his time in Alcatraz, and the dude was there. And so I bought an Alcatraz shirt, and then I was like, "Can you sign my shirt, dude?" And he like he did it, but he seemed mad about it. And I was like, "What do you care? Put your prisoner number on it, dude." <laughs> you're, I'm agreeing you're a to allow you to capitalize off a terrible thing you did. <laughs> yeah, you're probably an arsonist or something. <laughs> Just <laughs> sign the shirt, you know. You're free now. What do you care? <laughs> so. And you but, got you got caught before DNA. You were a bad criminal. <laughs> yeah, you piece you of probably, shit. You probably, what's the John Mulaney joke? Uh, they spray the bullets with the name of the gang into the side of the building. <laughs> it was the Watkins gang, see? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. That's good. That's I, like, I, like, I like that. I think it was a really good booking. I, I enjoy, I like that you did factions. Uh, we are picking up, uh, we're both kind of picking up some things about, uh, of like, some of the things that we've been watching, but I think doing it better, to be honest. So, uh, I I really uh, good job, nice job. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I mean, for to do war games, you need factions. And I was like, if I'm doing the biggest show I can do, it's got to be goddamn war games. Yeah, it's, it's two rings, dude. That's twice as many rings as normal. Yeah, that is that's that yeah. is two hundred percent of the rings. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, I'm not going to give away my full the full name of the IWF uh, pay-per-view because it gives away the, the backstory, which I'm going to read. Right. So I'll just let you know it is called IWF3 Wrestlepocalypse. <laughs> okay. Uh, Commissioner Idell has been on a rampage, bribing wrestlers to leave the union and booking himself to win very clearly fake squash matches versus women and children dressed as top baby faces. He's given everybody he's given everybody pay cuts while showing up in progressively nicer cars every week. <laughs> uh-huh. On a recent episode of Friday Night Beef, <laughs> the IWF's weekly show, GCWF commissioner Dusty Godwin showed up on the Idellavision screen during a particularly long Idell opening monologue. They've been getting longer every week. <laughs> <laughs> Godwin starts with, what the hell happened to you? To a gigantic pop. The hatred that Commissioner Idell had garnered and positioned, had positioned Godwin as the people's commissioner with Twitter arguments over kayfabe versus real heat dominating the wrestling discourse. Uh-huh. So it's turned into a, a kind of an AEW versus WWE situation. Sure, right? sure. Godwin says, you wrote the book on effective leadership. <laughs> hell. I based a lot of what I do on what I saw at long time coming and early episodes of beef. <laughs> this isn't you anymore, though. You've become the villain you used to parody, and frankly, I'm not sure why or how it happened. By the way, all the while, Idell is sitting in the middle of the ring with a smug smile on his face. 
Slowly, the entire roster starts to trickle out from the, uh, to the top of the ramp, standing with Godwin in his takedown of the commissioner. Godwin says if Idell isn't careful, he won't have anyone left to book, and the shot pulls out to reveal that Taz and Steven Richards are standing next to him with GCWF gear on. Oh. Idell stands up, puts a microphone under his arm, and slow claps with a smile on his face. Puts the microphone up to his mouth and says, My first instinct was to say that I don't know who you are. That would be the wrestling promoter thing to do. But I know exactly who you are, Godwin. You're the wrestling guy. You gave us Funk versus Malenko, Macho Man versus Mankind, all kinds of matchups that sent boners across virgin Mark laps throughout greasy wrestling forums forever. I'll tell you what. Peter Sinertia and Michael Manna are in a massive breach of contract for even standing next to you right now. I am prepared to look the other way and give you a chance of, uh, of uh, I, and give you a choice of any other non-title wrestler you want from my roster if I lose my yet-to-be-announced match at WrestlePocalypse. I will also swallow my pride and go back to booking old school, the way that I started things. But if I win, and I will win, I get those two losers back just to fire them. My opponent is gone for forever. And I get a choice of any of your non-title wrestlers. Godwin responds by saying the choice isn't his to make. The fans should decide. The fans, eager to go back to normal, say that's a risk they're willing to take and cheer loudly. Well, I guess I need to announce my opponent then, Commissioner Idell says. On Sunday, May 8th, my opponent will be... Miss Jackie, get your ass in this ring! <laughs> <laughs> so Jacqueline comes out. Ready to fight because Idell hasn't. She's 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 been angry lately because sure. Commissioner Idell hasn't done anything about her getting brutally beat up by men at the first two pay per views. I was gonna say, didn't she have to fight a demon? Yeah, she call? she got power. She got she got the shit kicked out of her by in the first one it was Disco Inferno, Demon Disco Inferno, yeah. and in the demon. second one it was Kane <laughs> dressed yeah. as a woman. That's um, right, Karen. Um, mm-hmm. So Jackie comes out ready to fight because Idell hasn't done anything about her getting beat up by men at the last two pay-per-views. They have a long, tense stare down in the ring, and slowly the rest of the roster joins Jackie in the, in the ring, staring down the commissioner. So it's a pretty cool shot. It's like hard camera. Yeah. Commissioner looking one way the entire roster with Jackie right in front. You know what I mean? Uh, so that sets up. IWF3, Wrestlepocalypse 1, Hubris. <laughs> Air, supreme arrogance in the face of Godwin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, so the, it's it starts in uh, it's it starts off with a, a helicopter shot of a town that nobody would have recognized if it wasn't announced where this would be. Yeah. It appears to be like a football, like a high school football stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shivani is is at his desk and he goes live. From Monarch Stadium in Exeter, Exeter California. <laughs> it's Dusty's hometown, everybody. Yeah, it's the biggest no night. It's the biggest night in intergalactic wrestling history. Commissioner Idell laid the groundwork for the best damn wrestling promotion in the galaxy, but his behavior of late, the horrific ego has shown, has thre- threatened to end it all. I'm a very nervous Tony Schiavone here with a legend, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, how are you holding up tonight? And Dusty goes, Well, Tony, wrestling means everything to the American Dream. There have been a few times in its history when the very future of our great sport is threatened by an insurgency, a dictatorship, an evil figure who thinks his britches are bigger than they are, and wrestling has always prevailed, Daddy. 
This morning I prayed, prayed that Miss Jackie could be our next savior. But first, we have ourselves a ceremony and I gotta slay me a demon. So, uh, <laughs> the, the, the show opens up with a, a IWF Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, with, with Mean Gene being the master of ceremonies. Sure. And uh, I gotta, hold on. I gotta get, I gotta, I forgot. I gotta get something ready. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I am, uh, I'm going on this ride with you. I didn't even know that I was a part of this pay-per-view. Yeah, so, yeah. He had no idea. Uh, even yeah. though he even though he was on the shows. You know what I However, mean? However, in in God when I trust, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> feel free to okay. use that one in the future. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the new, the 2022 third class in the IWF Outcast Hall of Fame. And uh, everybody who gets announced comes out in ways. Yeah. Sure. Brian Hildebrand. Uh. Jerry the King Lawler. Mick Foley. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Jake the Snake Roberts. Owen Hart. And our headliner. And he rolls his eyes. Whose presence we are honored to be in the... <laughs> we are honored to have... Commissioner Andrew Idell. <laughs> You've never heard booze like this. You sure? Commissioner Idell comes out and he hi- he hired people to throw uh, to throw uh, roses at him. But yeah. uh, so people are throwing roses at him. And he's like, oh, I can't believe it. He comes out in a cape with a crown, and uh, the the fans are just chucking trash. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, he waves. He, he like shoes everybody else like. He like he's like making every, all the other inductees go to the back so he could be out there by himself. He kicks Brian Hildebrand in the butt as he walks out, you know. And then he makes his way over to his throne to uh, even more booze. Uh, the first match: uh, Dusty Rhodes is sick and tired of the dark energy surrounding the IWF for the last few months. He sees a lot of potential in this organization, and since he can't fight his boss to fix that problem, he wants to solve the other issue. Kane also has a match scheduled against Disco Revival later in this show. Disco Revival later in this show, but he has to fight the American Dream first uh, because, according to legend, the type of possession we are dealing with with Kane requires a very special type of ass-whooping to overcome, so they, they want to make sure somebody gets him, you know? Yeah. Uh, Dusty Rose doesn't do a lot of promos for this match, only saying, by the look of me, I don't exercise much. I don't care for it. But the time has come for me to exercise this demon out of our lives forever. <laughs> Play on words, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Dusty comes out in a pastor's outfit with a collar, but with his normal music. The crowd loves him. Kane rises through the steps with fog everywhere. So the steps open up. Oh. <laughs> ring, and he comes up. Yeah. And then the, from hell. From hell, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm looking. Uh, uh, the, the bell rings. Kane hits a choke slam for a near fall immediately. He immediately picks up Rhodes and tombstones in for another near fall. Rhodes puts his dukes up and gives Kane everything he has, backing him into a corner and landing huge elbows on him. Kane grabs Rhodes, Rhodes with, by both hands and throws him in the corner, landing slashing elbows the kind you know are meant to cut the skin. Rhodes' forehead is sliced open like someone used a knife. He's still swinging and kicking and biting, but the referee has to call it for his safety, and Kane wins via TKO doctor stoppage at, at 12 minutes. Damn. And that is a, a three and a half star match. 
Ah, it's a three-star right. match. <laughs> I mean, I don't love it. No. Uh, I don't want to see the American Dream bleed, but... You know, you know what, goddammit, he tried. He fought a demon. You know He's fighting I mean? a demon, you know? Hopefully Disco Revival fares better later on. <laughs> the second match. Uh-huh. Edge has been a bit of a creep lately. <laughs> he comes out and tries to get kisses from all the girls in the crowd, and he never wrestles. His Twitter page has turned him to him retweeting girls in bikinis like Paul Heyman. <laughs> sure. On last week's beef... You gotta say it like that too. Edge came out and says he hasn't been challenged enough for the Lover Boy title. He doesn't think that the title gets enough respects. Respect, so he demands that a worthy challenger be put forward. Commissioner Idell says he had just signed the perfect opponent. Oh. And Edge will find out who who he is at WrestlePocalypse, and it'll be the first ever, I think, first ever robe match. Okay. So you come out in a robe, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoever whoever loses their robe first loses the match. I believe that you are the innovator of this match. Listen, I'm a pioneer. We're making movies, true. baby. Uh, yeah. The stadium goes dark, and <laughs> if you if you see from above a projection onto the field of two massive flexing arms comes out from both sides of the ring, like okay. like the ring has buff arms, you know. Yeah. And and a and a heart slowly shows up in the middle of the ring and uh and uh, dr love starts playing over the loudspeakers they call me dr love um and the newly branded buff love bagwell <laughs> emerges onto the ramp wearing a robe that doesn't even come close to reaching his knees the crowd yeah. erupts they fucking love this guy yeah Edge comes out with some hose, but immediately starts sprinting towards the ring, just leaving the hose behind. Yeah. These guys start having a true slobber knocker, uh, just beating the dog shit out of each other, not even going for the robes yet. But Buff Love keeps playing to the audience every time he ta- he, he has Edge down. He doesn't even try to take the, the He's flexing, and he's doing his things. And you know, uh, Edge goes for a spear, and Buff gets out of the way, slowly walking around the ring and flexing. He then reaches into his Speedo and pulls out a vial that says Love Potion and pours it all over Edge. He blows a a kiss, which turns out to be him shooting a fireball, which ignites Edge's rope. So there's some sort of uh, flammable liquid in that Love Potion. Uh, Edge gets the rope off as quickly as he can, and Buff Love Bagwell is your new Loverboy champion of the world, and the hoes bring him the title, and the crowd goes wild. I mean, who doesn't love buff these days? You know, sometimes you got to give him a little buff love, you know? That's true, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, third match. Yep. Um, due to other storylines that we have going, there's a lot of weight on a lot of things that we're doing. Sure. The wouldn't it be cool match for the best wrestler in the world has been pushed down to the third, third uh, match of the night. Okay. Bret Hart, two-time winner of this, of this, the current title holder. Uh, He's been struggling because he he's the best wrestler in the world, but he doesn't have the championship title for the promotion. He doesn't understand yeah. why Commissioner Idell split that up. He wants to prove that he's the best across generations, so he called out a young wrestler that he admires. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I'm gonna figure out how to get how, how to, I can have entrances for you because that's not yeah. fair. <laughs> that's why I'm not playing it for very long. That's Daniel Bryan's music. Yeah, it is. 
It certainly uh, is, isn't it? The buildup for this match is the same. Neither guy wrestles until the night of. Uh, press conferences, training shows like uh, on on the other uh, channels, etc. This match starts and Brian is going hard. Hart is struggling with Brian's kicks, and Brian hits three knees in a row on Hart, um, the running knees. Yeah. Uh, Brian goes in for a fourth knee, and and Hart dodges with Brian accidentally sliding into the perfect position for Hart's sharpshooter in the corner. Hart Hart like hustles around the ring and and gets him in it, uh, taking advantage. Um, Hart really cranks this one and, and hurts Brian like really hurts him uh, Brett lets go and waits for Brian in the ring and DB gets up and slowly makes his way in so Daniel Bryan is like really struggling now Hart walks up and just pushes him and Brian falls over because his legs are destroyed Hart puts a hand out to help him and Brian reverses it into a yes lock uh, Brett re- reverses it and takes Brett reverses it and takes Brian's back flipping him over and snatching the sharpshooter to which a battered Brian taps immediately the crowd chants thank you Daniel and Brett leads a yes chant before leaving him leaving with the best wrestler in, in the organization title this is only a 10 minute match but it's very intense and it gets uh, 3.75 stars if it was longer yeah. probably a 5 star match but hard to argue you know yeah the i like the knee work uh i feel like brian danielson coming into your organization is based off of the matches we watched for wrestlemania 30 oh of course uh, yeah because because we, we only he, it unlocked him yeah it unlocked him as a playable character yeah. oh, i should have written him into the show yeah i missed it well you know if president idell loses his match at the end <laughs> uh-huh daniel bryan didn't win his title match you can have that guy we'll so. see if uh we'll see what happens yeah fourth match Okay. The Sandman indicated that he took Piper too seriously in his la- in the in the in their first uh, offer. He tried to clean up his life and he was training vigorously. He stopped smoking cigarettes. He was he, he went sober, like all this stuff. He went to the arena sober. I mean, he didn't go completely sober. <laughs> Are we crazy? No. Um, because of this, Piper on, didn't bro. actually face the real Sandman. So Sandman demanded a rematch, and Piper has never been one to turn down a fight. The Sandman uh, comes out and really drags out this entrance, drinking at least a full six-pack, smoking multiple cigarettes on the way to this ring. He's bloodied all the way up. He's got blood on his shirt, on his forehead, on his hands, um, and he's visibly intoxicated. Piper comes out with a whip in his hand. The fights, because remember, every championship match in the IWF is an ODQ match. Uh, The fight starts with Piper threatening the whip and Sandman trying to hit his kendo stick. Piper finally hits a whip on Sandman's chest, uh, t- ripping his shirt and, and causing a visible cut on his chest. And, and Sandman just wipes the blood with his hand and wipes it down his face, his own <laughs> face. And he, charges, uh, and he charges Piper with his stick, uh, beating the shit out of him in the corner. So, like, he's, like, whipping him, and the best way to beat a whipper right. <laughs> is to close the distance. Yeah. So he just rushes him, yeah. pushes him in the corner, just starts hitting the shit out of him with that kendo stick. Well, it's also uh, disconcerting when a dude's busted open and then he rubs the blood on his own face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's, gonna, a, he's a crazy that's gonna sh- That's going to shake you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Piper drops the whip and starts running around the wing, ring to get away from the stick, just to get a little bit of separation. 
At one point, he finally plants his foot and just smokes Sandman in the face hard with a punch, uh, with the stick flying out of the ring. Um, Piper's throwing leg kicks and elbows and head butts while the Sandman is completely overwhelmed. Someone throws Sandman his stick back, and he swings at Piper and misses, hitting the ropes with his chest. Piper runs and drop kicks Sandman's back, so he drop kicks him into the ropes, and Sandman flies back into the middle of the ring. Piper immediately jumps with on the stick, wrestles it out of Sandman's hand, swings feverishly at him with rage, and pins Sandman at 14 minutes into this match, retaining the title with a 4.5 star effort. I mean, that sounds brutal as hell, man. That's a, that sounds like there will be blood at the the, the IWF event yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. It was a it was a true slobber knocker. The slobber was knocked all over the place. Yeah. Um, I did uh, I, I did say that the, the stick flew out of the... I just realized the stick flew out of the ring, and then somehow he got it. He just went out and got it. You know what I mean? Sandman yeah. went out and went and got the ring. Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, the, the, the um, the uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, remains the IWF World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, the next match. Uh, Disco Revival has surprisingly become quite a babyface in the IWF. He has fought for good and defended a lot of people who were being wronged by Commissioner Idell and others. On recent episodes of Beef, he, was seen, he, was, uh, he has been seeing a sports psychologist to get ready for tonight, an Iron Man match with the possessed cane. He knows he must take Kane to places he's never been before in order to finish whatever is making him act the way he is. Kane comes out again out of the steps, and Revival comes yep. out to a huge ovation doing his dancing. Uh, he's thanking the crowd, and he's waving, but you can see the fear in his eyes. This is a 30-minute Iron Man match with the most pinfalls winning, but Inferno is only worried about doing as much damage as possible. The bell rings, and Kane immediately gets out of the ring, going downstairs for something. Inferno suicide dives to try to stop him, but Kane hits him with an uppercut before picking him up and rolling him into the ring. Uh, Inferno's pretty beat up by this uppercut. Kane climbs back in with a sledgehammer, but he's hiding it from Inferno. And Inferno runs at him, and he slams the sledgehammer into Inferno's forehead, knocking him completely unconscious to a DQ, making it 1-0 Inferno. Oof. For the next 28 or so minutes, Kane is pinning Inferno over and over. When Inferno seems to start to wake up, he either gets chokeslam or tombstone or tombstoned or both, and never fully regains consciousness, uh, losing 30 to one <laughs> because the fifth match in every IWF pay-per-view is the Vince Russo match. <laughs> And I forget, I forget every single time. <laughs> I avoided even calling it the fifth match this time. I was like, next yeah. match. Um, I, for, I forget every time and every time I'm like, okay, remember, this is the one <laughs> that's supposed to be the Vince Russo one. So, yeah, so uh, 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 no, nobody nobody left happy with that one. Yeah. Kane just well, beat the dog it? shit out of it. 30 to 1? 30 to 1. <laughs> Yeah. And they built up for like a couple months of Inferno, like going to a sports psychologist and training. <laughs> I mean, a sports psychologist is designed to help you beat another man. That you is know true. what I mean? That is true. Not a seven foot demon, cross dressing demon. demon. No. Uh, six match. Uh, this is the uh, Miss Jackie versus Commissioner Idell. Oh, this is the this is the big one. Yeah, Miss Jackie comes out to a huge reception. She's wearing an extravagant dress. When she gets to the ring, the dress the dress she tears the dress away, and she's wearing a bodysuit with King Slayer printed on it. 
Okay. Commissioner Idell comes out and nearly starts a riot. This is my favorite part. Yeah. He has a bucket of glitter and he's throwing it into the crowd, just getting it stuck on people for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best heel move? Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, at the wedding, the wedding venue lady yesterday that was yeah. walking us around was like, um, we don't allow glitter <laughs> for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> no, no rice, uh, no glitter. So, yeah, yeah people yeah. people hate it. It's a yeah. wild inconvenience. He's got a bucket of glitter and he's just chucking it at the crowd. It's the best too because no one is no one's ever going to be hurt by the glitter, but it is wildly inconvenient. Yeah, it sucks. It does. Yeah. Um, he takes his crown and cape off and he reads uh, Jackie's bodysuit and he just starts laughing. Uh, Commissioner Godwin is shown on the screen watching intently with Taz and Richards. The bell rings and Idell rushes Jackie, overpowering her. Uh, he's holding her in the corner in a plum clinch, uh, swinging her back and forth, just showing his dominance, and occasionally mixing in a really big uh, knee to her face. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to throw a flying triangle choke at at the end, uh, but Jackie catches him and doesn't go down. So she like catches him and doesn't like let him his back hit the ground so he can do the triangle, yeah. and she slowly picks him back up, and she power bombs the shit out of him um and he's on the ground and she jumps over to the side and she just starts soccer kicking him in the head um and uh idel grabs her foot and he like ankle picks her trips her down and attempts to get full mount but she bucks him off and as they both get up jackie hits a huge head kick knocking idel unconscious uh she pins him easily and the roster the roster rushes the ring with the crowd going wild when she wakes up uh, when he wakes up with everyone celebrating around him, Idell wiping the tears from his eyes, lifts Jackie's hand up and leaves the arena. Okay. I imagine, is this the Gabe Gonzaga, Mirko Krokop head kick where Krokop's leg just flops he, over yeah, to he the just, side? He just folded. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I kind of saw it as a, it, almost like the Rousey one. Okay. Because they're kind of moving, and Idell like gets up and then bang right in the head and yeah. just falls. She's over got it. you going. She's got you going one way, and she's going the other way. Yeah, his arms go stiff. He does a little fencing and shit. Um, yeah. And uh, so yeah. So the humbling uh, has occurred. <laughs> the hubris has been hubered. Yeah. You know? So this is once again. I feel ultimately your point in every one of our booking shows is to prove. That you 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 can you can get right up to being Eric Bischoff, but at the end you got to eat the head kick. You did you every know? yeah. He did so many things right. Like Eric, yeah. the NWO could have been so good if they yeah. weren't. They just every fifth decision he made. <laughs> yeah, you know, or probably more more often than that. Every yeah. third decision he made yeah. uh, was like, no, dude, like <laughs> you can't do this every time. Like yeah. so. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. You get, you know, if if we're gonna do, we're gonna do at most a couple months of torturous asshole heel authority yeah. figure, and then it's gonna go really bad. Yeah. While it's... threatening to go really good for him, like, right? He's gonna bring the whole motherfucker down, and he's gonna get, he's gonna have his way in perpetuity, and this is gonna continue for another six months. So everybody's like, "Fuck! I hope Jackie wins this match." You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Jackie does win this match. <laughs> That's how you get the asses in the seats, man. That's yeah. how you get more than 312 people. You run a venue. I mean, the high school, the Exeter High School holds more than 312 people. Yeah, I probably had so. five or 6,000 people in there. It was, it was yeah. packed to the brim, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's 
um, I don't want to overlook. I believe this means that I get to cherry pick a member of your roster. It does. You you get yeah. you get uh you now you now hold the uh, the rights to uh, Taz and Stevie Richards. Yep. And you get to pick one non-title non-title holding member of uh, the Idell Wrestling Federation roster. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, shoot my shot right now mm-hmm. because um, I'm going to pick a man who, in your hubris, you did not even book on this show. Oh, shit. This is one Eduardo Guerrero. <laughs> I was wondering if you would take that one. Fuck! Uh-huh. God damn it! You I tried to like... red. You tried to red herring me with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I tried to figure out. Uh... I have to keep you. I have to keep you from doing the Guerrero Benoit or the Guerrero uh, Danielson match. Because <laughs> you can't top that shit. No, I have to block it. Dude, so... how good would that have been, Guerrero Danielson? Ooh, Goddamn. Uh, okay, yeah, Ed, Eddie's yours. Ooh man, and I got Malenko. Oh, it's gonna be. Daniel, I think you drafted Benoit, didn't you? I did. I would like to announce. There will be no more Chris Benoit on my shows. He has been released. He has been released. We perpetuity. thought better of it. Yeah. Godwin uh, Championship Wrestling Federation 4, we thought better of it. Yeah. Well, because I was like starting to get where I was like, uh, now I'm having him win matches. I don't know. You know? I can't change the past. Yeah. But uh, And maybe in the intergalactic uh, web of time, I could just draft the 1997 uh, Chris Benoit, and it never occurs. But I can't. I already know about it. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and I, I'd like to point out, Commissioner Idell has had two matches. Yeah, he has lost both of those handily. Well, and he he admits to only beating uh, incapable opponents. Yeah, previously. I won very obviously fake squash matches against women and children. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, again, doing the doing the heel thing correctly, yeah. you know, and uh, like in mine, you you the, you have the heels, they run roughshod, they beat people, they win matches. Right now, uh, two uh, two of my titles are held by heels that are in factions. That's fine, but sometimes in the big match where there's where the stakes are just who wins the match, does good prevail over evil? Good's good's got to win. Man. Can't be any screw job. And uh, Jeff Jarrett submitting to a branding iron that is not hot because he is a coward is the best way to like to humiliate Jeff Jarrett. I mean, yeah. he did get power bombed in tax, but also you, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't want to do the actual fire. Uh, because Terry Funk has done that before, but I thought is it's so much better if it's he's he submits and it turns out that he's just afraid, you know. Yeah, F- yeah. fear is hilarious. So yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm I I I'm stoked for. I th- I think we both did a pretty good job here. Yeah, um, I like the uh the updates for the Loverboy title. I have a really good stipulation for the next Loverboy title. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I it's yeah. it's hard to keep finding uh new uh matches for the cuz you don't want to just have like a straight up wrestling match for the Loverboy title. It doesn't seem to make sense. Right. So we did the first one was uh get get the other guy's mom's phone number. 
Yep. The second one was... Uh, uh, it was in the rain. It was in the rain, and it was a girl yeah. in a cage, uh, yep. a shark cage. And then this one was a robe match. I, yep. I have no idea what the next one's going to be, but hope maybe your stipulation will inform that a little bit. Oh, the stipulation is the match. Oh, okay, just cool. Just so you know. Okay, yeah. cool. But, uh, yeah, and then I feel like uh, I crowned a new heavyweight champion, so now I have a heel, dominant heel champion, uh, Invader, that people oh, can... Yeah that people can chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to do some other stuff and I've tried to keep Sid from wrestling as little as possible. And I was like, I can't just keep injuring Sid. Like at some point <laughs> he's going to have to, he's going to have to power bomb a motherfucker. Yeah. He's going to have to win something. Um, and I keep seeing on Twitter, all the, I, I just see gifts of, uh, Sid power bombing people. And I'm like, damn, that looks cool, man. If it was just that all the time, Sid would be the most overdue in history. Well, and it's okay. crazy. We've talked about it. Sid was always like super over. Sid has Sid heat, you know? He's not a, <laughs> heel. He's not a baby face. Sid is Sid. Sid is Sid. He's Sid yeah. as shit. That's it. So, uh, like Andrew said, I, I really enjoy doing these. Hopefully people enjoy listening to them, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep circling back. I feel like, uh, this is a re- this revitalizes Andrew after I've made him watch uh, a bunch of wrestling in a row to let him do uh, or to to have the outlet of the booking shows. Oh feel yeah, like it's nice for you. I'm always stoked for a booking sh- booking show. I uh, I sit there with a half a grin. It took I dude my it was like two thousand it was like twenty five hundred words and over yeah. it was over six pages long. Could be a uh, Forbes article. And I started it like three today <laughs> yeah i i came up with my match list i think saturday because i was like okay i have to i had to book it backwards like wrestlemania 5 the main event has to be this war games match with oh these guys. Yeah. yeah yeah so then how do i work it backwards and then how do i fill in the rest of the stuff and so uh yeah they're fun and then we watch more of the wrestling review shows so that we have more guys to draft <laughs> into the fake wrestling shows and it's just a, you know, it feeds itself. It's a good cycle. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait for the next booking show next week. Do you want to do the theme song draft or do you want to do an ECW one night stand? Let you choose. Let's do one night stand. Okay. The first one, the first one night stand. Didn't they do two of them? They do two one night stands. I think, it's funny that they did two one night stands by the way. Right. I'm gonna uh well, I guess on pod try to convince you. I think we should do the three WWECW shows. Because there are two that are ran by Paul Heyman, and then there's one that is the worst pay per view of all time <laughs> that Hay- <laughs> that caused Heyman to quit uh working for WWF. Did Hay- Heyman didn't get the uh influence? He didn't have the stroke anymore on that one? Nope. December to dismember. <laughs> It's one of the worst wrestling shows of all time. Dude, what a name. That yeah. that, the, that that sounds like an IWF name. Um, but I'm stoked the, with Wrestlepocalypse, by the way. Wrestlepocalypse is good. Um, <laughs> on the two one-night stand shows, mm-hmm. um, the first one in particular, I think Heyman pretty much got to do whatever he wanted because they, real, they didn't think it was going to be a thing. We can talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Then the second one is to relaunch ECW. And it's supposed to be its own thing. And then by the end of like six months, it's no longer Paul Heyman's uh, vision. And 
they ruin it. So it's like those two one night stand shows are so good. Uh, and then that December to December is like the breaking point for Heyman. And he just quits. <laughs> and so I think doing that trilogy is worth looking into because they're, they're standalone shows, but they also tell a cohesive story that, and they're fun shows to watch, you know? Yeah. And that's, what's funny about Heyman. <laughs> like he really he does do care. <laughs> like he yeah. really cares about his, what he, what he cares about. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can't do it. You know, <laughs> the, he cannot. <laughs> He serves no master, you know what I mean? This yeah. bird you cannot cage, etc. You so. cannot cage. That is true. That is yeah. true. So, so I think next week that's what we'll do. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone who listens. Uh, please follow us at the socials, like Andrew said. Let us know what you think about the shows. Like Andrew has said before, we are not competing directly with each other. They're two separate but equally uh, delightful shows. <laughs> on Friday night, you get beef, and then on Saturday <laughs> night... You get the slam, you know? Yeah, Saturday Night Slam. Yeah. Thank you for they, saying it correctly, by the way. Yeah, they they work they they work to uh, appease all wrestling uh, appetites, you know? So, <laughs> I think uh, I'm addicted anyway. to, to Friday Night Beef. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. I can't go out. I got to watch Beef. Uh, <laughs> so, I got to get in some beef. Uh so thank you again uh, for everyone who listens and we will be back next week watching ECW one night stand because kayfabe may be dead, but we are alive at the snark marks. <laughs>